everyone. Welcome to uh, part two of On the Barricades. Thumbs up, thumbs down uh, with uh, your hosts, uh, Boyan Stanislavski and Dr. Maria Trinat. Uh Yes, of course, you're, uh, you're, 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 you're hosts of uh, On the Barricades. And joining them is, is, is myself, Yuri Smouter of uh, One Plus One at Yuri Muckraker at YouTube. And uh, so... Uh, we're continuing on with our thumbs up, uh, thumbs uh, down, and uh, boy, on before we get to you, you know, I was just, you know, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, it, you know, in response to Dr. Maria Chinats, that that indeed, I I can only imagine how difficult it must be to be uh, to be uh, you know a teacher, a full time uh, teacher. And, you know, in a place like uh, Romania, which is, you know, a colony of, you know, NATO and, you know, in the European Union. Uh, yeah, you do have to walk on eggshells when it comes to uh, criticizing NATO, criticizing, uh, uh, you know, uh, saying that, yeah, you know, I don't like Putin, but come on, guys, he's not... He, he's not, uh, you know, Hitler and, and, and Stalin reincarnated, and the people in Ukraine are not pe are, are not people that we should be, uh, you know, supporting in, uh, you know, in this uh, war. So I can only imagine how how terrifying it must be to have to walk on uh, eggshells. And there you go, the, the you know the uh, the people who self censor themselves, the people who are cowards, or the people who openly smell their own uh, bullshit. They're careers get uh you know get advanced uh but but others who who are of the school of you know Noam Chomsky or Michael uh, uh Parenti uh yeah it's uh uh we we have to be you know we have to be very careful because uh because either they do lose their uh jobs or uh yeah because because they either just you know lose their uh, jobs and then when they do and if they're lucky to find another one they have they have to constantly be walking on eggshells and you know for, and i you know i can only say uh you know the kind of jobs you know i want to go to of course are you know are people who are like-minded and are fearless and uh and, and are unapologetically outspoken and unapologetically and consistently anti-imperialist but i know for a fact uh you know if i you know due to some of my uh uh controversial positions for example, I don't believe that uh, that there's a genocide happening against the Uyghur uh, people in uh, China. I don't, uh, you know, I don't uh, think that in uh, Syria, uh, the you know, the white helmets and all of the, I I just don't accept the narrative that there are non that there are moderate rebels in Syria that we should that we should be supporting, including uh, the you know you know the Kurds. I mean, that, so the chances of me finding. Uh, you know, finding probably any sort of job, let alone, you know, a job in journalism is, you know, slim to none uh, now. And uh, that just goes to show you, you know, uh, you know, for, you know, for all the, you know, for all this, you know, bullshit that like we live in a democracy, that we tolerate dissenting point of views and that we can amicably agree to disagree. That's just bullshit. And, and funny enough, it's just, it, 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 it's just, wait a minute. I thought, I, I thought we were the ones living in a uh, democracy. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought it was in, I thought it was only in Russia and China that like, you know, we get poisoned or we get thrown into, uh, you know, jails and re-education. Yes, camps. because they devise you is such an efficient way of silencing you. It's much more efficient because uh it is not the state you don't know who does it you know it's so silent and so efficient at the same time because nobody's telling you uh we are not going to hire you because you don't support the mainstream pro-nato narrative 
but they are. Uh, and what is even more sinister is that there are a lot of people who are true believers, you know, who haven't oh, yeah. wake up from the pro-NATO, pro-US dream. And yeah, this is it. Because it took me, and just imagine that I graduated, you know, from a, a media studies faculty, and it took me almost two decades to come up to the conclusion that we are in a state of dependence because, okay, calling us a colony says a lot and not so much at the same time, but we can certainly say that our economy is definitely dependent on foreign investment. But it sounds so good, isn't it, when you say, oh, it is dependent on foreign investment. Meaning what exactly? You see how everything is packaged in such a clever way that it takes such a long time to, to, to realize. And when you start realizing, you're afraid to speak because you might sound like a conspiracy theorist. This is it. But now I, I would very much like to, to go to Boyana. I, uh, I told you even before we started the recording that uh, Boyko Borisov, the prime minister of Bulgaria, was detained by the police, I think it was last week. And it is very interesting that that coincided with the visit of Laura Kodrutsakeveshi, who was the, the, the prime DA in Romania. She was the head of the anti-corruption department. And during her mandate, a lot of TV justice was done in Romania. And by TV justice, I mean very important politicians. There were parading shackles in primetime TV for the people to see that the DA's office is doing something and the Department of Anti-Corruption is efficient. Now, I don't know whether it was faith, just a coincidence, but I find it quite interesting that that happened, the visit of Laura Kodrutsakeveshi, who, by the way, is right now um, working at the European, um, she's a DA for the European Union, basically. So she was uh, appointed in a very high position in the judicial system of the European Union. And she visited Bulgaria and now you saw Boyko Borisov being detained. And you say it is not important, but I think it is. Who would have guessed a year ago that that would happen? Yeah, well, I don't think it's uh, it's important, but uh, I don't think it's important because nothing followed this detention. In a sense, if uh, Boyko Borisov would have been detained and arrested, and then subsequently, uh, you know, taken to court, and uh, there's ample evidence of corruption uh, facilitated by him and his acolytes, his government, you know, everything. Mm, uh, but of course, this isn't going to happen. Uh, because uh, the Bulgarian judicial system <clears throat> is uh, profoundly corrupt, and uh, there are those, uh, you know, connections within the the judicial judiciary and within the machine in general. <clears throat> some of them we know about, some of them we don't know about. But uh, you know, the question of the, for example, the prosecution prosecutor's office. Uh, you know, it's the prosecution that basically let him go in a sense that they said that they, they don't have any evidence that uh, they could use in order to put together some case that they could make in front of a court of law, which is just, you know, on its face, ridiculous. I mean, without being a prosecutor, without having legal education, I would be able to do that probably, you know, if someone had only let me. <clears throat> 
or invited me to do that. Uh, so this is this is uh, that's why I'm saying it's not important. Of course, I I cannot say uh, for sure whether you know there was a coincidence with this woman Laura Kaveshi from from <laughs> Romania going to Bulgaria and then things uh, you know. Uh, sort of uh, unfolding the way they did. But I can tell you one thing uh, with absolute certainty. If the American embassy had not agreed for Borisov to be detained, he would not have been detained. If the American embassy hadn't allowed the prosecution to let him go, he wouldn't probably be let, uh, or, well, the chance would be less. The chances would be... Uh, why why do you say that? Why the, do you uh, say that? The uh, Laura Kaveshi, just a sec. So Laura Kaveshi, uh, with all her, you know, positions and 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 credentials and whatever, she can do exactly zero about the situation. <laughs> she has nothing to say. We have had for the last thirty years very powerful oligarchic structures. Okay, I mean, of course, not as powerful as those in Ukraine or or, or Russia. But the same model, basically. We have had those structures essentially running the, virtually running the economy of the country, if there really is any substantial economic yeah. structure that you can lean on. But let's just, you know, for the sake of argument, they were running the economy, they were running the state, and they were running the institutional order. Like, you know, when you look at the last 15 years, Boyko Borisov's reign, this was pr precisely this, a kind of, you know, desp despotic absolutism where you know one person controls the entire institutional apparatus of the country through you know politicians oligarchs like all kinds of you know connections and you know the, the legal order never mattered by the way i just want to say that in our part of the world the legal order never mattered much never mattered much in general throughout our modern history but that's a different show so uh you know laura kaveshi can go in and out of bulgaria and you know she can make all those speeches deliver everything but in the final aftermath there are circles who decide things and in terms of the economic life of the country nah, like how is is the distribution of capitals and and goods and money you know financial resources going that's decided by the oligarchs for sure it has been the case for the last 30 years and it has not changed in any way it's uh, there are some movements you know in order to sort of uh clamp down slightly on the oligarchs so that you know so some of them are removed from immediate political influence because you know Boyko Borisov has turned it all into his own you know playground okay so mm -hmm. they have to they have to reintroduce some sort of basic order you know to prevent you know the fall apart of the statehood the complete fall apart of it so yeah, I mean there are some movements, and you know I, I actually you know I greet those movements with, uh, uh, with, with you know I would greet them with a flower and a song you know if I was there. But the thing is that it's not really leading to any kind of major improvement. It's just kind of you know putting a bit of a lipstick and some you know some other uh, cosmetics on this ugly face of the Bulgarian modern uh, statehood and 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 the condition of this uh, of the current Bulgarian state. So uh, now, what, what, now, now let, let me just uh, answer the question that Maria posed. Why am I, I referring to the American embassy? Well, because in terms of the economic life of Bulgaria, then there are those oligarchic slash political circles. Okay, but in terms of international policies uh, and in terms of the quality of the internal political process in Bulgaria, that's something that cannot can never be decided solely by the internal Bulgarian factors. That's something that has to be at least consulted to a large extent with the representatives of the American embassy, who are the only people 
okay, that are deciding things, uh, uh, who are the only people deciding the most important things in Bulgaria. Like, you know, the, the current government would have never been in place had it not been for the blessing of the Americans. Boyko Borisov would have not ruled in this absolutist, despotic, authoritarian manner over the last 15 years prior, okay, to, to the current government, uh, or almost 15 years, I think it was 13 altogether, uh, that, uh, you know, he wouldn't have been allowed to do all the things that he had done, had it not been for the blessing of the American embassy or for their agreement, you know, some kind of. So what was, uh, and of course, that it was super beneficial for the Americans in many aspects as well. Now, I don't have the time to go into the whole of, the, of this, and we discussed that in many programs <clears throat> previously, but, uh, you know, all the uh, all the arms deals, like, you know, buying their planes, buying their weapons, you know, allowing their bases and, you know, all the rest of uh, like all the most classical stuff that you can imagine. Right. It's it, it was all put in place because this was the kind of trade that the Americans have done uh, with Washington. Uh, sorry, with Boyko Borisov. Like, OK, we're you, you know, you're going to be our our person there and we're going to allow you to, you know, still rip off the nation. I don't know, drug do your drug trafficking experiments and, uh, you know, whatnot, like uh, trafficking of people and all other kind of criminal stories. Mm, there's, again, ample uh, well, evidence maybe is a bit over the top, but there's there are many there are many credible stories. OK, and there have been many credible stories uh, that were uh, discussed in the Bulgarian public sphere over the last uh, 15, 20 years about Boyko Borisov and about the general situation in Bulgaria. So, you know, it's not something that really casts any doubt here. I mean, you know, some some incidents, some instances, they might not be exactly as described in all those credible report, I, reports that I find credible. But by and large, this is the case. And everyone, you know, who has any experience with Bulgaria can pretty much see that. So, look, this is this is how uh, how the situation uh, works. Now, this is the theatrics are of course very important and particularly for this government they are important because this government wants to present themselves as some kind of you know salvation you know that has actually come to bulgaria now you know the political crisis is over so all, all other crises should also be over but you know there's a bit of a problem because uh, you know, on the one hand, they are not able, and you can see that by this arrest and release or detention and release immediate. Basically, they are not able to confront the legacy of Boyko Borisov, and I think it's going to be very difficult to confront it in the in, in the conditions that we have right now because there are so many connections with embassies, with uh, you know foreign uh, corporations, with oligarchic circles, you know, in Bulgaria and around. You know, so look, they they just can't do much about it. That's that. That's the situation. So they have to come up with all those things, uh, like for example, okay, let, uh, we're going to detain him and we're uh, we're going to let him go, and then you know we're going to pretend perhaps that uh, you know this this was the best we could have done. Th then you have the situation in Ukraine, uh, you know, the, the war in Ukraine, and uh, we have had. Uh, you know, almost a, we we were on a for a while on a verge of political crisis because uh, part the, the the former defense minister who used to be before that the prime minister in the technical government uh, before the current one was formed he was against you know this NATO Western jingoism against Russia because he's a former general he's a former military man he knows what war is all about so he was trying to basically do the only rational thing is like to keep Bulgaria as far away from this smog of war uh, sorry a uh, cloud of of, of uh, war and conflict that's playing out right now in Ukraine and no the prime minister couldn't uh, couldn't uh, uh, 
couldn't afford that. He had to fire this guy and he has to join, you know, this choir of NATO jingoists and pro-war uh, kind of uh, warmongering, uh, you know, uh, crowd of bureaucrats uh, in the European Union who are led by, by, by all those people like Josep Borrell or, or Ursula von der Leyen, like people who are totally, utterly incompetent, obviously. They should both resign, really. Mm, but that's again that's that's something we can discuss on some uh, on some other occasion but yeah in yes. general maria it's thumbs down because like it really didn't get us anywhere we we just had like a hype for a couple of hours that boyko borisov is detained and well <laughs> okay so what they let him go uh, a couple of hours later it it really makes no no difference whatsoever that's why i say it's which, not important uh which uh, uh which is the political party that's that that, that's in uh, Bulgaria right now. Can can can, can you remind uh, me and other people? Uh, uh, who? Uh, yeah. What, what's the coalition in Bulgaria? Right. So the uh, the 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 core of the coalition. It's a large coalition <clears throat> of many parties, but the core of it is called. Uh, we continue the change. That that's what the party is called. Uh, I I I think it's uh, Gerb, right? Gerb, right? Yeah, well, no, the GERP is it was the party of Boy, is the party of Boyko Borisov. Okay, and they used to be there, but now it's like uh, this this thing which was created by the two uh, two members of the technical government uh, that followed after the elections that were held in April last year that were not able to produce any kind of parliamentary majority to form a government. Then we had three rounds really of. Uh, parliamentary elections and it's only you know after the third round that we were able uh, I mean that you know the uh, the parliamentarians were able to put together some kind of very shaky very vaguely agreed upon coalition uh, where there are parties who have extremely contradictory program but of course it doesn't yeah. matter because in our part of the world who really cares about the program who cares about the law who cares about you know the only thing people in politics care about is like whether they can make some sort of short-term deal that is going to be able uh, that is going to enable them to you know kick the can down the road for as long as it as it takes but all of them are economically uh liberal more or less right yeah, yeah, yeah. They are economically liberal. They are absolutely neoliberal, neo a modern uh, kind of fashionable, uh, well, how to put it? Like in Bulgaria, they've Capitalism got the same... Capitalism with a human face. Oh, no, I, I no, no, I, I, they don't even say that because like, you know, for those people to say that capitalism requires a human face is a little bit over the top already for them. I mean, they really rock it like it's 1997 or something like this, in a sense that they have they have not done their homework. They have they, they, they don't have much of a contact with with reality or, or if they do, it only happens through the prism of the propaganda of the thick cloud of propaganda that has been in place in Bulgaria or over Bulgaria, so to say. Uh, for the last 20 years and that's it like you know uh even when i compare it to poland by the way where i you know where i reside most of the time and where i i've lived for over 25 years now you know it's it's like you know when i go to bulgaria and when i speak to people there and when i you know hear the commentary uh, the comments of the politicians or you know some colleagues that i have uh, you know in the world of journalism there for me it's like you know, Poland 20 years ago. I mean, they haven't really, you know, they, they, they said, like now, for example, in Poland, to say something like, I don't know, people who are poor should never be helped is something that is rather unacceptable now. 
Whereas in Bulgaria, it's like totally, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, you know, if you're poor, you're, you're like, uh, it's, it's, it, it's like the bad choices that you've made and stuff like that. So uh, they are still in this neoliberal moment that Poland, for example, has been, mm, uh, has been in like 20 years ago. But, you know, it's a popular thing, okay, throughout, throughout Eastern Europe. That's why uh, <clears throat> the reaction is so strong and so pathological to the events that are uh, to the ongoing war in Ukraine. Because, uh, you know, I hate to use this phrase. I really hate because it's just uh, kind of dismisses the whole thing. But I will use it now for lack of better uh, phrase or better word. But there's a lot of a lot of brainwashing has gone on. Okay, and this this bears fruit now, and you can see that people have been, you know, detached from reality in terms of their political and or or, or thinking, or in terms of their thinking about the public, uh, public sphere, public affairs in general. Like you know, they don't think in in any kind of rational manner, and I think that's I, I agree with Maria. I mean, Maria stressed on that a lot in the previous segment. Totally, this is just an absolute mess, and this is an absolute disaster of of a modern society because. This is how we departure from uh, we, we've departed from from the basic from, from the basic most fundamental ideas that have made us a modern society that have made us something that can fit into a framework of a modern republic. That is, we have departed from the Enlightenment. Okay, I mean, the Enlightenment was the period in Europe, all right, where uh, w- when you know the philosophy and the understanding of the world has been elevated to the extent where people were able to. Free themselves by and large from the uh, you know from this cage from this straitjacket of prejudices of nonsense that uh, has been uh, that had been piling up until that moment throughout the ages okay like we entered a completely new stage and and by the way you know when when you look at liberal democracy and its basic mechanisms the way they are taught at least in uh, uh, political science faculties and I used to be a student in such a faculty so I can speak from even my own experience is like you know the the this model uh, is generally designed for rational societies. Like, you know, the expectation of the model is that you have programs, you have political parties, you have ideas and visions, and those ideas and visions are put forward f- to all those social groups for them to decide which program, which platform is best for them and what interests are going to be represented best by which party, okay? And, uh, and it was clear also from the beginning that, Party. Well, let's just remind that you know, um, perhaps here, it, party means literally a part. That's what it means. That you, a party is supposed to represent a part of society with a concrete and specific desires, political, economic, and and whatever. So this isn't happening. Okay, this isn't happening because number one, the society has departed from basic rationality, and you can see it all around. If you have, you know, remained sane in this uh, hysterical environment that we're uh, we're in right now. Second, what parts? What what? Uh, what portions of society, where, like in Poland or Romania or Bulgaria? Well, okay, in Poland, to some extent, maybe, yes. Uh, but in, in Bulgaria, for example, what parts of society? Our society is like a bowl of, of, of you know, millet groats. Like, this is it. Like, where where are the groups, the social groups that, you know, one party no, or the I... other party is going to, to represent? So what I'm trying to say is that, you know, the whole thing, the whole concept is dead, like you know it just it just doesn't work the way it's supposed to work and the more we departure from uh, the enlightenment the more we departure from rationalism the more we departure from kind of rational analysis critical thinking call it however you like you know we are just sort of dooming ourselves 
to authoritarianism. And the more we are unhinged we are, the more severe the authoritarian measures imposed on us are going to be. And in this sense, I just want to say that I totally feel, uh, you know, Maria, in the, like, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. You, 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 it might end up that we're going to, it might, we might end up in some kind of authoritarian environment where any dissent will be criminalized. I hope it's not going to happen, but it could happen. And, you know, when, when you get people asking you, like, you know, your friends, or I don't know, I should say, like, in my case, probably some former friends, like, but when they aggressively ask you, what are you going to do about, you know, Putin when they invade uh, Poland or Bulgaria or or, or uh, Romania. Well, you know, if uh, if Putin takes over, let's say hypothetically that is possible, it's out of it, it's out of question. Like, but if Putin takes over whatever country that I would live in or reside in at the time when it happens, I would just probably you know wake up in the morning, drink my coffee, go and have breakfast and just go to work. That's what would happen, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. Like, you know, we have this government of uh, Yaroslav Kaczynski, a Catholic fundamentalist uh, right-wing government, okay, that has been doing all kinds of terrible things to the Polish society, the Polish women, the Polish, you know, all kinds of groups, okay, that are vulnerable. And you know what? Yeah, I hate this government. Yeah, well, look. Well, okay. I mean, you you could say that very theoretically, but on the other hand, let let us just remind our viewers and readers and and our public that abortion in in Russia is free and available. Okay, whereas in Poland it's not, which is the civilized Western Euro, you know European Union and so on and so forth. But anyway, that's again that's that's a different show. Like what I'm trying to say here is that you know I've lived under this government for the last six years, and everybody would be expecting you know that I would get repressed and beaten up and I'm no tortured, sent to some kind of Guantanamo Polish Guantanamo uh, Bay uh, you know facility and stuff like that. And it's no, it, it it doesn't happen. I mean, it's not the Third Reich. Okay. Like, in a sense, of course, it's a bad government. And, you know, Putin could also be like bad government in the sense that he's authoritarian, there are authoritarian tendencies, he's very conservative, and so on and so forth. But, you know, people live their lives. You know, they drink their coffees in the morning and they go and work and then they go and have, like, you know, time with their family and stuff like that. So it's it's like, yeah, please. Well, well, well just I, I just want to weigh in and say that I am absolutely shocked by the ease w- with which people would want to engage in World War III. Uh, I mean, don't you even think for a minute what what's what's in it for you? Because what would happen? I discussed with uh, several uh, people. What would happen if tomorrow instead of Klaus Johannes you would have Putin himself. It is exactly the same thing. And I remember discussing this with you, Boyan. What do you do then? Back then in the Middle Ages, that would have meant that me and my daughter would have been taken to be sexual slaves. My husband would have been killed. But now, now, what what would happen exactly for you as a citizen? So why buy into that propaganda and why be so so prone to accept this idea of going to work first and well, I think it just goes to show okay. you just just one thing here so okay putin is gone there are two options here somebody worse than him comes to power from his circle and i look for instance at the declarations of medvedev and they are far worse than putin's himself somebody like that comes to power and boy are we going to be in for a lot of fun 
And second, let's say Russia is completely destabilized, and I discussed this with you before the show. Do you even realize that that could lead and that could uh, take us into the era of nuclear terrorism? Because there are a lot of uh, uh, criminals and very organized mafias in Russia. Just imagine these people when Russia is completely destabilized, get their hands of some nuclear weapons. What then? These people are not thinking rationally and are not thinking two steps ahead. Okay, let's say we get rid of Putin now. Let's say we get rid of him now. I completely understand that a lot of people hate him and want to get rid of him now. What then? Because this is not a cartoon that you used to, to watch when you were little. Things are a little bit more complicated than that cartoon where you have good and evil. And when the evil monster is gone, everybody's happy. Yeah, but in the West, uh, we've uh, we, 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 we are, are constantly taught to to basically uh, we're constantly taught to basically settle for less. Why do you think we have this stupid concept of lesser evilism? So the Democrats continue doing, you know, neo-Dickensian policies and endless uh, war, but ah, they're slightly better than the Republicans. So lesser evilism in Canada. We have a third. We, in Canada, we have a third major party, the NDP, which is which which acts as a diet liberal party, and and then we have a Green Party which acts also like a diet liberal or diet uh, NTP uh, party. And then in Britain, I mean, my gosh, I mean, labor and the uh, labor and the conservatives and the liberal Democrats, I mean, they're the, not dimes worth of, uh, you know, not dimes worth of difference. So if you were, so, so, so if you talk to people about how, yeah, the Taliban is evil, but we're not supporting like, you know, progressive forces against the Taliban we're, we're uh you know we're, we're supporting warlords and drug traffickers and people who also engage in an anti uh, you know in anti-woman behavior well hey the, the West is allied with them and uh lesser evilism they're certainly much better than the Taliban uh the people who the, the you know the people who want to overthrow uh, you know, you know the uh, Shia theocracy in Iran. You know, most you know the well, you know the well-funded, uh, you know, group is is a, uh, you know, is a cult. And then when you try to explain that to people, it's like, ah, well, hey, at least uh, you know, at, at least it's not you know, uh, you know, our number one enemies. And then in Russia, I mean, I mean, how many? I don't know how many times I have to send people, uh, you know. Uh, Richard Sanders's expose of the uh, far right uh, Eastern European civil society groups, or or Mark Ames's interview on uh, on uh, Abby Martin's program, and we have to show people evidence upon evidence that Alexei Navalny is not a liberal and it's is not, not a progressive, and and, 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 and and says all the kinds of of, of abhorrent right wing right wing stuff that they say that this is why we can't support Putin. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I feel you, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, you know, I, I just want to say that uh, my biggest problem in this situation, perhaps my biggest thumbs down, if, uh, if since you know this is the convention of the program, uh, I, I, I say that the, the biggest thumbs down is that rational argumentation does not work at all, 
Like it used to work a little bit, uh, not to a satisfactory extent, but now it just doesn't work whatsoever. Like in a sense, you know, you, you go to people who are uh, who are supposed to be able to at least listen to you, right? Because they are, I don't know, you've been uh, through all kinds of, for example, political whatever projects with them. And, and you would expect that, you know, even if you differ, uh, if your opinions or, or your analysis or your takes differ from theirs, okay, then they would at least be willing to listen to you or, I don't know, to confront your views in some kind of civilized manner. But no, now it just doesn't happen. Now people are just shouting at you, insulting you, uh, you know, or are displaying behavior where you would, I would, at least in my case, you know, I wasn't expecting in any situation, really, in any situation of, of like, I don't know, some private personal confrontation, right? But now it's just because something happening in a neighboring country uh, and a major thing, like I'm not downplaying it, a major thing, major war and stuff like that, people would just turn against you and, and call you names and, and be insulting and so on and so forth. So that's something very... Yeah, and and the, sad, the, the, the sad thing is, 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 is that this comes a lot... Uh, uh, you know, I, I really, I really wish I could do programs where, where, where I'm constantly, you know, dissecting and debunking right wing propaganda and stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is, is so much of the warmongering, so much of the irrational thoughts and the shutting down of discussion is coming from left leaning. Yeah, yeah, folk. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's something that you I know. Mean, I mean, it makes me want to write off the left. Really, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, like, I, I mean, like, I, 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 I know we have to close the discussion yeah, soon, yeah. but, but, but take, uh, but, but, but take the anti-Russia conspiracy uh, theories. So putting, so putting, you know, uh, Ukraine, you know, aside, but just, but, but, but the fact of the matter is, like, you had the Young Turks democracy now, half of the columnists at the Nation uh, magazine. And, 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 and people in, you know, in unions and stuff like that, who were saying that, that that Trump was a Manchurian candidate. Putin got Trump elected, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so and, it's and, 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 and 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 then again, you know, Syria. It was so many left leaning uh, outlets that jumped the shark and said that we we need to support uh, you know non existent uh, you know uh, moderate rebels. Libya. I mean, you know, Gaddafi was barely six feet under, and it already turned into a complete, you know, clusterfuck of uh, of you know of Islamists overtaking uh, overtaking the country. And there are still people determined to uh, have the the West, uh, you know, overthrow Assad. Right. Okay. Well, we really got to conclude the program. I just want to say for the very end that I, I, you know, I agree with both of you, first of all. Second, uh, I think that, you know, the problem, just to finish my thought uh, before you intervene, uh, from before you intervene, Yuri, is that like rational argumentation just doesn't work. In a sense, we can make 3,000 programs about how things are being, you know, treated in a completely irrational or, or analyzed or being, you know, somehow presented in a very rational, jingoistic manner. And we can explain and we can provide evidence. And still, it just doesn't work. Like, in a sense, I have the feeling that we found ourselves in a situation which is just very, um, uh, very, well, complicated in many respects. But psychologically, it, we can observe a general bankruptcy, like of the public opinion, of the public in general, of the general public in whatever, the, the West, Global North, like however you want to refer to it. So uh, one thing which is positive, though, here, okay, which is, well, maybe not positive, but it, 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 it does carry some kind of positive potential, is that they put all their eggs in this emotional basket. Like, you know, 
they only, you know, they, they, they bet on emotions. And, you know, without being a psychologist or a sociologist or anything uh, even close, you know, I know that from general culture and knowledge that any emotional upheaval, particularly in, when it's uh, artificially produced, you know, it will reach a peak and it will start falling. Like, it's impossible to keep people that hyped up all the time. I mean, you, it could continue for uh, maybe a couple more weeks, maybe, I don't know, two months. I'm not sure. Like, I don't want to speculate about uh, the, qual- the quantity here. But, you know, then it's going to start falling. And no one's thinking about that period, okay? Like, I... I I think it's going to be very difficult, particularly in Poland now, for example, where we've got like 2 million refugees. And I'm expecting we're going to get like a huge and very violent wave of anti-Ukrainian xenophobia that's going to play out. And I don't think anyone's really thinking about it or preparing for that. But uh, we'll see. Uh, and and I'm, I'm just thinking that there's going to be a lot of chaos. Okay, there's going to be a lot of chaos because of the sanctions, because of how they're they're going to hit, you know, the West, because of uh, how uh, you know the political elites are going to be affected by that. Because I can easily uh, imagine how you know people in Western Europe are going to start saying to themselves and then to their politicians some some time later. Okay, I don't know, in one year time, in eighteen months time, they're going to start saying like, what the hell? It's just something between Ukraine and Russia. Why are we paying for this? And then they're going to you know, turn to the parties that were saying all those things all along, which are the so-called right-wing populists. Exactly, and, you know, and exactly. This is so messed up, okay? Like, and, and then what we're going to tell them, uh, what, are, what is going to be the answer here? The left has gone pro-war, anti-Russia and all the rest of it. So, you know, they... And they support the sanctions, and, so, and, and you're, they, so, so 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 our saviors are going to be more far right. I I don't want to call them saviors, okay? No, no, but they're going to be the ones yeah. to pursue detente with Putin because they realize, I, hey, I he's a right winger. I'm a right winger. He's socially I regressive. Don't know. I'm socially I, regressive. I don't know. I don't know about that. But one thing that I find slightly positive is that, you know, people are going to start seeing through this fog of propaganda to some extent. I don't know to what extent, but we'll see. Maybe some of them are going to even be open to rational argumentation. We'll see about that, too. Second thing is that, you know, we're going to have this huge ex- far-right backlash, and I think it's going to make some people think as well. And third, last but not least, is that what we see now is a completely new, absolutely different geopolitical, if you like, reality being born in front of our very eyes. And the tectonic shifts and the movements that are happening in global politics right now and that are going to keep happening for the next uh, you know, period, okay, that, that will produce chaos that I'm hoping from these chaos, some kind of political tendencies to emerge that are not going to be far right, but there are going to be something else that we as consistent left-wingers are going to be able to somehow work with. And this is my hope. This is not something that I say it's going to happen. But if I am to demonstrate any kind of hope, then I can put it only in this. Because in putting it, investing my hope in being able to explain to people that they are being, you know, uh, manipulated somehow, uh, you know, with with the info wars and, and and all the rest of it is just, you know, I'm not able to do that. Okay, I don't have the the our channel even if you like, and we don't have the magnitude, the power, the the, the kind of I don't know popularity if you like to, to to be able to influence, you know, the thinking of people. So, you know, <clears throat> I'm hoping right. that throughout 
throughout uh, or via or, or within this process of deconstruction of the current, uh, current you know, world, political world order, we're going to get to a point where something emerges that is going to at least look interesting, you know, to us, like people with our convictions. Well, one can only hope, That's and we need to celebrate the people who we and we need to celebrate the people who break the silence, uh, and uh, we and we need to really raise up, uh, you know, the voices who are uh, rational and are not jumping the shark on the uh, anti-Rush conspiracy theories and the pro-NATO stuff. But on that note, we have to end uh, the program. I've been uh, I've been Yuri Smouter of Yuri Muckraker at One Plus One. Uh, to, uh, YouTube, uh, joining you with Boyan Stanislavski and Dr. Maria Trinette of the uh, Barricade. Uh, please, folks, make sure to uh, donate <laughs> generously to the Barricade at their uh, Patreon. And uh, any final words, uh, guys? I don't know. Let's hope that rational debate will come a thing, a valid point at some in the near future and we don't succumb to this very jingoistic environment that we are so so immersed in right now right yeah 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 there to think right like independently i guess that's it all right thanks everyone thanks